Pain is real. Loss is real. But suffering, is that real too? How do leaders cope with loss? Let's talk about it. Hey, greetings, leaders, and welcome to another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. This is season four, episode six. How leaders cope with loss. I am your host, Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Development. Good morning, and I am Lakivia Johnson, also known as Lucky, the founder and lead education catalyst of Steps Academic Advising and Education LLC. So happy you're with us today. Hey, Lucky. So, uh, you know, this is a very uh, t- touchy, you know, subject, um, you know, for me. And just to, I guess, to put it in context, um, June, I'm sorry, 1995, mm-hmm. um, I, I mm-hmm. lost my mother um, to mm-hmm. liver disease. Um, and uh, June the 2nd would have been her 71st birthday mm-hmm. anniversary, I believe. And unfortunately, uh, my sister, uh, who was born in 1974, uh, passed away uh, on my mother's would have been 71st birthday. And so not only am I, yes, ma'am, absolutely. Thank you. So not only am I handling uh, the loss and remembrance Mm -hmm. of my mother, but then Mm -hmm. uh, my sister you know, who I grew up in the house with, you know, she's like one of seven of my sisters, but she's the only one I grew up in the same Mm. house with. Uh, And up until I was, you know, 21, you know, and I I left and she moved and came and lived Mm. with me for a little while. And so she and I I were very, very close. Yeah. And so, um, you know, losing her, on the anniversary of my mother's would have been 71st birthday was such a blow uh, to me that, you know, I just, I'm still numb. I'm still in shock, right? Which is one of the nine, uh, which is one of the nine um, attributes of of grief, one of the nine stages of, of yeah, of grief. Uh, which is shock and denial, which is the first one, but I'm dealing with all of them, you know, the the dis, disorder and anger and guilt and bargaining, uh, distress, depression, loneliness, withdrawal. And I haven't gotten to acceptance, you know, as of yet, even though I know it's real because we ended up, you know, cremating um, my sister and you know, but we have a memorial service for her on the 23rd and public mm-hmm. on the 24th. So, you know, and I just thought, you know, I mention it to you. I think it would be a great um, discussion for leaders. How do leaders who have to continue being mm-hmm. a father, continue being a husband, continue being a manager or a wife or, you know, a a mother, you know, a great aunt, grandmother, those leaders are leading uh, CEOs even, right? Uh, How do they handle 
loss. And so I thought this would be a great discussion that you and I can have. And you bring such a multitude of perspective and eye-opening, you know, viewpoints on things that, you know, I, I just think that it's going to be a great, uh, um, you know, discussion that we can have here. And it can help liberate some leaders from feeling like they need to be alone or need to handle this loss by themselves or yeah. even deny the fact that the loss even happened. Right. So, yeah. Well, I would just say when you came to me and said, I want to have this conversation on how leaders handle loss, it really struck a chord with me because I thought of all of these people and naturally I thought of everybody else, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., Nelson Mandela, <laughs> Uh, so on and so forth. And ironically enough, or maybe not, because as leaders, we tend to always put ourselves last. My name and your name came up at the very end of this list of people. And mm. you knowing mm. that you just experienced this major loss and even myself, you know, some people know, you know, just through interaction with me or if they've checked out my website and read my bio I spent some time in the foster care system um, as a teenager because my mom was terminally ill. So I was orphaned because my dad, you know, he wasn't in the best position to be able to take care of me. So at that time, he really didn't. Now, you know, both of my parents are deceased. And so I had to deal with the loss of them. But even being in the foster care system and being the oldest <laughs> for me, I still had these expectations because of the way that I was raised. Um, like not to say that my dad wasn't in my life because he was, but he wasn't a hundred percent dependable as he should have been. But I still was raised by my parents and had these expectations that I'm supposed to set an example for my younger brother and sister. And so for me, and it's just like the song, big girls don't cry. Like really, you know, I don't cry. I couldn't, you know, or at least I felt that I couldn't. And I know now, and this isn't something that my parents said, you know, like they never, ever put that kind of pressure on me. It's the kind of pressure that I put on myself because I felt like that I always needed to be brave to all, to help like set an example for my younger brother, my younger siblings and brother and sister. Um, but it's okay to admit that we're hurting. And I said all that to say, because I know mm. that we spoke and as we were making plans to get together to do this recording, you said, Kivia, I haven't even mourned yet, you know? And I think as leaders, sometimes, again, as I just said, we put ourselves last. So no, you're not taking the time to mourn because you've stepped into your leadership role to make sure everyone else is okay. But as leaders, we have to make sure we're okay too. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. In fact, it reminds me of what they say on the airplanes, right? That if there's high turbulence and the breathing apparatus mm -hmm. has come down, they right. say you put that's yours right. on first before you try to help someone else put theirs on. And so I bear witness to what you're saying that, man, if you don't take time to really help yourself to grieve to mourn to heal or start the healing process uh you can become more damaged and then potentially uh damage others 
you know, I was reading something about it, right? And it said one of the most important things a leader can do in hard times or times of loss is to acknowledge mm-hmm. the loss, right? Name it and show sincere emotion in response to it. You know, discuss how difficult it is to shoulder this grief and admit that it may be difficult for mm-hmm. a long time. So once we have embraced that and accepted that uh, and, and acknowledged that for what it actually is, you know, we can, as you always say, we can authentically mm-hmm. move forward. We can move forward authentically in a real headspace, right? So not in this false facade of strength, which, you know, doesn't have to be false. But at the same time, you know, if you're, it's like being angry or being sad. Like if you are having these emotions, acknowledge Mm -hmm. those emotions, because at a certain point, those emotions don't go away. They're going to come out, you know, at some point. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we take the proper time to really uh, deal with what we're actually going through, not what we think we should be while going through what we're going through, but be our authentic selves through this whole Right. Mess, and you really, you know. like I said, you really like <laughs> asked me this question and knowing me, you know, my whole brain just went off. You said, how do leaders handle loss? And I just thought like, wow, you know what, Jason, some of the greatest leaders we've had have been born because of a loss. So immediately all of these things just came to mind. So one uh, person that came to mind also, in addition to the other people that I just uh, mentioned, was Harriet Beecher Stowe. And so um, I, I hope to have Christina Moline on the show here soon. So she is a teacher and she recently published, self-published a book called Call to the Classroom, Daily Reflections for Educators. Um, so I helped like proofread this for her as she was like putting it all together. Um, and so when you asked me that question and um, on page for day 71, um, she had posted in here, I am persistent. And the story that she told of Harriet Beecher Stowe really stuck with me. So I, I told you, I said, oh, I just heard about somebody who who lost and ended up doing something. So if you don't know, you know, Harriet Beecher Stowe is the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin. I did some research on this. She was an abolitionist. Mm. Now, people, you know, obviously she has her critics about why she wrote this book and things like that. But basically it was to shed some light on um, the injustices of slavery. Um, when I did some research on this, I had saw I had read that <laughs> this book was the... Um, in the 19th century, so on this website that she has, um, so the, well, there's a website dedicated to her called the Harriet Beecher Stowe Center, or like on this website, it's HarrietBeecherStowCenter.org. So at this place, I found this information that said, in the 19th century, the only book to outsell Uncle Tom's Cabin was the Bible. And it come to mind mm-hmm. because Christina was telling us that um, Harriet Beecher Stowe had lost her 18th month old son to cholera. He had gotten sick and died. And when that happened, she said later that she could relate to how slaves must have felt when they lost their children. 
And so she really wanted to use her pain in a positive way to help empower others. And so that was someone who really stood out to me. Now, Malala Yousafzai, she is one of the, she is, I believe, still the youngest Nobel Peace Prize winner. And I didn't learn about her. I knew she won the Peace Prize, but I saw this book in the library called, it was just a children's book. I was walking through, you know, the children's section and saw Malala's uh, Magic Pencil. And in her book, she's talking about how she decided to be an advocate for the girls in Pakistan because they couldn't go to school anymore. So both of her parents were educators, but then of course, when the Taliban came in and took over, they stopped all the girls from going to school and would like throw acid on them and stuff like that. And Malala's life was actually in danger. And instead of her hiding and being afraid as a leader, she decided that she was gonna step up and speak out against the Taliban to advocate for why girls should be able to go to school. And so these people mm. experienced loss. You know, she was attacked and she could have died. But with the life she had left, she continued, she decided to, to make positive, productive decisions. And so in my experience, or at least when it comes to the people that I've studied and that I've admired, they've taken loss almost with a grain of salt. You know, yes, it hurts, but it's gonna hurt more probably if we don't address it at all. And when it comes to things that we could potentially prevent or things that maybe we have learned from the people we've lost, if we can share those positive things with other people, I think we can make the loss of value to us. What do you think about all of that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely correct. One of the things I learned from uh, Winston Churchill, right? He says that uh, success is not final and failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue is what matters. And that's so right. it's, you know, yes, we're grieving. Yeah, yes, we're grieving. Yes, there is an absolute loss. But, you know, as a leader, you know, yeah, embracing it, uh, you know, embracing what has actually happened, uh, acknowledging what has actually happened, but draw strength and courage to continue um, to lead, you know, uh, in this in this process, because you still got, you know, teams that you have to lead, you're still responsible for uh, whatever you're responsible for in your organization, uh, as as a leader, as it relates to uh, the culture of the organization, the KPIs of the organization, um, the the core values and mission of the organization. Like, yes, you have, we have, I have, you have suffered and are suffering this loss, but we still have responsibilities. Um, and so if we are to continue being the leader, we got to draw strength, um, you know, and, and find time to really sit down and, and, and embrace what has happened. But at the same time, don't stay in that headspace. Find a way to keep moving forward. Unfortunately, I mean, my wife has even said that I have never even truly mourned 
the loss of my mother because I have always stayed busy and distracted, <laughs> you know, and, and so that's, that can be unhealthy um, because you have moments of unstable breakdown. Like I have unstable breakdowns sometimes, you know, when I think about it. And so I've been trying not to think about it, but I got to compart some time to where I can think about it and acknowledge it and embrace it and just, you know, authentically uh, mourn, you know, this because it was truly a heavy, heavy loss. Like a part of me mm. is gone, like from this realm of life forever, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so, but I think that, you know, when people suffer loss, people suffer loss every day, but they continue to move forward. And I think that that's, you know, what I'm drawing from this, that, you know, winners win. And, uh, and so they win some and then they learn some, but for learn. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Winners never really lose. They learn because there's always an opportunity. I learned this from uh, Brian Mm -hmm. Tracy. Brian Tracy said there are three ways to look Mm -hmm. at a problem, right? When you have a problem in your life, he said there's three ways to look at it. He said, first, look at it as the situation. What is the actual situation? Look at it as a situation. Secondly, he says, look at a problem as a challenge. Look at it as a challenge. But thirdly, he says, and most importantly, the way you look at a problem is look at it as an opportunity. What is the opportunity in the problem? Mm -hmm. So when there is what is perceived as loss, yeah, there could truly be a loss, but if you look on the other side of it, there is a game, right? right? And so you can tell the difference between a positive person and a negative person as it relates to uh, what happens to them in life, because really life is 100%, but it's really 10% what happens to you, 90%? Yeah, how you you react to it. So in 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 call to the classroom yeah. in this in this particular page it says I am persistent. So the whole book is I am statement. But then there's this quote here by Harriet Beecher Stowe that says when you get into a tight place and everything goes against you until it seems you cannot hold on a minute longer, never give up then for that is just the place in time that the tide is turning. So we have to be persistent. Mm. We have to know that's how we react to those things. There is an opportunity, you know, and I read something and I think I said this to you before I had maybe not, I might've just written not written about it because I thought it was so just amazing to hear. Like I had not heard this before. I had a manager who said, make choices that lead to more choices. And for me, and so that, I guess I'm thinking this is all coming up for me because I want to tell you, you know, take your time to mourn, take your time to remember. In fact, I'm reading this book by Joan Marcus, um, The Awakened Leader. It's about The Awakened Leader. Um, And it's a handbook for us. 
And one thing she tells us to do is to meditate. And she talks about how important it is. And I'm sorry, I wish I had it right here for me, but this is super organic always. Um, She tells us that it's important for us to remember the past. So when you take that time to reflect and remember your sister, to remember your mom, you have our permission to do that, Jason. But... (laughs) Don't get lost to it. You know, we don't we don't want to lose you. You know, keep that healthy balance. Um, remember that you're still here. And I think especially as leaders, sometimes we also have a problem <laughs> with setting boundaries, right? Sometimes we tend, and I think that's a, a trait that's in like many leaders. So even when you look at entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes you look at those traits and one of the traits is that they are narcissistic or just workaholics, things like that. <laughs> everybody has their own different level of who they are. But I think one thing about leaders for sure is that we are persistent and that persistence can show up in many different ways, even in mourning. So it's very possible that you can get stuck in that place and mourn for a very long time. And we don't want that to happen. Um, We want you to be healthy. We want you to mourn in a healthy way. And I think now is the time to really just remind people that it is okay to ask for help. So if you have a counselor that you can talk to, if you have a close friend that you can confide in who can comfort you in the way that you need to be comforted when it comes to managing loss in a in a, a smart way, feel free and by all means, please connect with them so that you can heal. Because at the end of the day, it's about healing so that you can continue to be strong. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to... Um... You know, we've dis- we've discussed it before, you know, um, because sometimes, you know, loss can bring about um, mm-hmm. fear. Uh, you know, people can start fearing like, man, I don't want to lose anyone else. I'm afraid to lose anyone else. And so and, you know, and so this this fear causes people to, you know, Zig Ziglar said uh, fear as an acronym stands for uh false evidence appearing real, but I've used it, you know, plenty of times in my leadership development or focus everything around results, focus everything around results. And so I love your acronym for that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so um, with, you know, focusing everything around results, uh, leaders have to in the process of embracing the loss, they may not have lost themselves personally or directly, but indirectly, meaning that someone on their team may have lost someone. And so they got to know how to, you know, communicate uh, with emotional intelligence or empathy, Mm -hmm. right? Monitor the culture, monitor the impact uh, that that loss has had on that team. Find a space for that team member to be able to uh, reconcile their feelings as it relates to the loss uh, uh, themselves, you know? And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's leadership. (laughs) Leadership is influence and service and it's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, and so it's, it's impactful. It's very important. And leadership has to be intentional uh, in its Mm -hmm. ways and methods of uh, handling loss. I love what you're saying about 
leaders making a space for people who have mourned, you know, um, I was talking to somebody in Walgreens and I don't know what our conversation was about. Um, but anyway, he always talks to me when I'm in Walgreens and somehow we were talking about like death or someone who died. And he said, you know, I don't, I, I'm not really sad when it comes to death because it's a part of life. And as I've been reading, I had a manager say this to me, a good manager to um, say this to me just a couple of months ago. Um, And then also, of course, um, Dr. Marcus again. She said um, in her book, nothing lasts forever. Everything fades. She says everything is fleeting. And this manager I knew, she says, said the exact same thing. So I kid you not, like I either heard that or read that for the same thing twice within a matter of like 90 days. So I really feel like sometimes when that happens, (laughs) it's something that I should pay attention to. Mm. So I think basically, you know, the message again to that is to enjoy life, live life. You know, life is short. We have to make the most of this time that we have. If we love people, tell them that. If we care about people, tell them that. That's why I'm doing this with you. You know, yes, life is going to continue to go on. We're going to lose people that we're never going to see again. I'm never going to see my mom again. I'm never going to see my dad again. Um, Not in this life, you know, and I really wish I could. I have these pictures. But what I do know is that my mom and my dad would be proud of me for making good decisions. They will be proud of me for being brave and for doing stuff like this, sharing my voice and not being afraid because I know for a fact that's what both of my parents taught me to do. Your sister will be proud of you. She came to live with you, you know, and the reason why is because you're strong. You're here. You've been a protector. You've been a guider. You've been a supporter. We need you to continue being that for us. And, you know, that is how you make the most out of the life that you have here. Yeah, very good. Um, I accept that challenge uh, and, and absolutely plan to do so. Uh, absolutely plan to do so because I, I see the value in being a part of a team that's family uh, as 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 a husband, um, as a father, um, you know, as an uncle, um, as yeah. a, and even as a son to my only living parent that's still here, my father. You know, and, mm-hmm. and so I understand the value of being that team member and a team with this uh, with this podcast that we have here, you know, so definitely yeah. want to continue uh, pushing forward with this. Um, and I think that, you Me know, too. yeah, absolutely. Like this has been an absolute uh, great discussion, you know, as uh, you know, we talked a lot about, uh, you know, Juneteenth last week and, you know, and I hope people get an opportunity to to go back and listen to that discussion, you know, as we talked about leadership in Juneteenth as well. Um, so, but listen, it's absolutely been, a, again, a great pleasure uh, sharing this platform with you. And uh, hey, let's just continue to push forward. I, I totally do. I do want to tell you really quickly before we wrap up here, because it wouldn't be right. I feel like, you know, it wouldn't be right for me to bring up this book and not give you the real title for people who want to look at it. Um, it's by Dr. Joan Marcus, and it's called Leading with Awareness, mm. a Roadmap for Awakened Leaders. Mm. So I'm reading that, learning a lot, getting to connect with you. You have an anointing on you to be a leader. 
So we need you here. Um, I'm happy, so happy that we're doing this. You guys, if you haven't heard the Juneteenth episode, definitely be sure to check that out. Keep listening to us. Stay tuned. If you want us to talk about a particular leadership topic, challenge, or conflict that you're struggling with, please let us know. We'd love to have that conversation just openly and transparently. This is our free space to talk about leadership and leaders have challenges too. Um, Again, my name is Lakivia Johnson, also known as Lucky. I am the founder and lead education catalyst for Steps Academic Advising and Education LLC, which is a comprehensive educational consulting company. I work with students in the 7th through 12th grade and undergraduate college level students. If you guys need assistance getting into college, you need a tutor, you need a coach, give me a call. That's what I'm here for. Or visit my website at www.stepsacademicadvising.com. Jason, you want to take us home? Yep, absolutely. And once again, my name is Jason Muhammad, founder of JM Leadership Development, where we assist your organization to fill or build your leadership bench. If you would like to have a half hour conversation with us, please do not hesitate to reach out at thejasonamohammed at gmail.com, and we will respond promptly. And always remember that leadership is influence and service. Hey, thank you so much for enjoying another episode of Leadership Is Podcast. This one was, you know, really uh, rather personal, and I dedicate this podcast, or we dedicate this podcast to uh, my sister, Melinda Louise Cross, who unfortunately uh, passed away on June the 2nd, on my mother's birthday. So, uh, but in, you know, talking about uh, how leaders cope with loss, if you yourself are dealing with some form of depression or needing someone to talk to, uh, there are many lines out there that you can call. One of them is the Hope Line, where they say, you talk, we listen. And you call 877-235-4525 and just talk to someone, you know, find someone to talk to. You don't have to cope with loss alone. You don't have to cope with depression alone, you know, find someone to talk to um, that can help you, that's willing to listen to you uh, and help you to move forward. And always remember that leadership is influence and service.